0: everybody I just want to welcome you to um, the study on the second chapter of the book of revelations so we are studying this revelations the book of revelations from the Bible and we started the first chapter two weeks ago and now we are going into the second chapter and I I believe that God he's ready to speak to us through his word I thank you, Elbon, for joining. And I know you will not regret it. Amen. Let's pray. Everlasting Father, we thank you for an opportunity to study your word this day. We give you praise because there is no one like you. We thank you because you are a great God. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the end. I worship your majesty i give you all the praise i exalt you oh god the creator of the heavens and the earth for this wonderful opportunity to hear from you today thank you for the revelations you, are, you have given us oh god and thank you for the revelations we'll be sharing from your word today we ask that these revelations will change our lives oh god that this revelation will make us to become who you want us to be your oh god we will not live here the same way but we will be transformed oh god To look closer to what you jesus look like in the name of jesus receive all the glory oh god and thank you for spending time with us we honor you god we bless your name in jesus mighty name afraid amen yeah so i thank you for taking the time to study this book with me today and we'll be diving into the chapter in the book of Revelations, there are four churches mentioned in there. Remember, if you, I don't know if you've watched the previous Bible study, Revelations chapter 1, where John saw Jesus, right? Hi, Gerald. I'm very happy that you joined today. So I was talking about Revelation chapter one, where God, where God sh- showed Jesus some revelations to reveal to John while he was at the island of Patmos. So John shared this revelation with us, and then he started like last, like we learned in the last Bible study, by telling us about who he saw he was on the island of patmos and he saw someone that looked like the son of man behind him and the son of man was standing in between seven golden candlesticks and was holding seven stars in his hand and the seven stars stood for the pastors of the seven churches right the angels of the seven churches so that's the exact word he used the angels of the seven churches now The seven candlesticks represent the churches. And so the first set of messages that Jesus gave John to tell us um, are this. In chapter 2, we'll be studying the messages to the four churches, four out of seven. And it's going to be interesting. I pray we're going to stick to one hour. But um, I know that God is going to speak to us. Amen. So Revelation chapter 2, I'm going to start by reading the King James Version. I will not read the whole chapter before I start talking about what God has revealed to me um, for the whole book. So I would read the message to one church and I would explain what God has revealed to me. And I believe and I pray that the Spirit of God in, he, in this meeting would also reveal to you what God needs you to know about these churches i want to tell you that these are seven churches and it shows that in the end time in the last days there are seven kinds of christians there are seven kinds of christians so you have to understand what um where you belong where do you belong so as we read through the characteristics of these seven churches you might see some qualities of these seven churches in yourself Please pray to God about it and when you pray to God about it help tell him to help you change ask for grace, ask for mercy, and then take correction the correct, Jesus Christ I wanted to start by saying that when Jesus was criticizing the seven churches or telling them their flaws, he first of all commended them by by it was it, it, he corrected them but he commended them before correcting them so he told them what they did well before he told them what they did wrong right and that works for me because if somebody comes to me and starts criticizing me I'm gonna be very like skeptical and then not really listen to that person but if the person can tell me sincerely what I what I've done right before telling me what I've done wrong. Then I know that if you can spot where I did well, then I can trust you to spot where I did wrong without bringing your own bias into it. Right? So you, you were unbiased enough to see that I did this right. That means you would also apply that same sense to correct me. So you first of all, commend me or praise me before you criticize me. (laughs) So Jesus Christ, commended these churches before telling them their flaws, and we're going to see where they did right and we're going to also see where they did wrong and i pray that if we see these characteristics in our lives we will change by reading the word of god and by praying so let's go to the first church and that is the, first, the church in ephesus so let's go i'm gonna read from this this version is the is the um, Believe in Bible. I studied using the King James. So let me just read from the King James Version. It says that unto the angel, Revelations 2 verse 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, this thing said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I hope you opened your Bible to Revelation chapter 2. So grab your Bibles, open to Revelation chapter 2 and read with me please. So So unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. So Jesus was telling John to write this message unto the angel of the church in Ephesus. This things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks so Jesus is the one saying these words he, he holds the seven stars in his right hand and he walks in the midst of the churches Jesus is in our midst he's in our midst he's observing everything we do every Sunday when we go to church he is he's trying to understand what's going on. Among us, what kind of Christianity are we practicing? Jesus is watching you. <laughs> Amen. So verse 2 says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Verse 3. And has borne and has patience. And for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hast, thou hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an hear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. So, This is the message to that church. And we're going to dissect it so that we would know where you fall in where do I fall in do I fall under this category? So let's go step by step let's let's start. It says that in verse in verse 2 Jesus commended them. I know thy works, you are patient, you don't like evil people. You You cannot stand them. You don't praise their deeds. You don't enable them or um, you don't enable them. You don't um, continue to allow them into your midst and tolerate them. And then you even know how to detect the false apostles, right? And you find them liars. So you know how to say this is the first apostle. Hmm. This is, a, this is not a real Christian. You know how to do that. Good. You don't follow the, the false prophets. That's okay. But one thing is missing from your life, especially if you fall under this church, Ephesus. One thing is missing. You have left your first love. You have left your first love. Remember, verse 5, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. So what works are they doing? If laboring for God, being patient true trials in Christianity is not the first work. So that, that means this is probably the second works. What is the first works? What is the first love? What is this first relationship that God is talking about? The first works. Is the first love. That means there was a way these people had a relationship with Jesus Christ at the first time, right? And some things they were doing, according to Jesus, called is called the things they were doing are called the false love. I'm sorry, the first works. Now they left the first works and are now doing the second works, the third works. Like laboring for Christ, serving, being patient, doing all those things. And not fainting for God's name's sake. All those things is not first love, it's second love. Oh my God. So now, by the, by the grace of God, I, I understood that first love is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like driving an airplane and being manually driving it. When you are a pilot and you're driving the airplane... Um, which is trying to get yourself to the destination, which is heaven. You need to maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ, God, and Holy Spirit. You need to continue checking, checking yourself, checking your altitude, checking the weather, checking this. You got to manually check all these things, check your coordinates and everything. You need to be in, in on track, right? But they were not checking all those things because they already know how to be a Christian. It looks like they put their Christianity on autopilot. Autopilot, you don't need to check anything, just the plane can fly itself. So you know that, you know the law, you know the Ten Commandments. Ephesus, the Church of Ephesus, they know these things. They don't bother to commune with God for fresh revelation. In fact, when they read the Bible verse they go to these things i'm telling you is from the revelation that god has given me when they read the bible verse they don't wait for fresh understanding from the holy spirit about the bible verse they don't meditate on it what they do is they go to check commentaries of other people so they put their christianity on autopilot what is what is this i don't know the meaning let me check this commentary written by this powerful man of god so they study with commentaries they study with all these things they already have the revelations, no fresh revelation, no relationship, no communication with God. So I wrote here that they already know God's laws and follow it as a religion and not as a relationship. So no fresh oil, no fresh communication with God, no improvement in their work, work with God. Their relationship with God is on autopilot. They stick to old anointing, maintaining the status quo. They, they need to return. their first love which is a closer work with God as it was in the beginning when they did not when they did not know like when when you come to Christ he teaches you how to do his will come you come to Christ He teaches you um, it teaches you his word you know okay you know the, the, the law you read the Bible you start looking at the mirror of God's Word and start changing to become a Christian you surrender your life to Christ you start going to church God advises you read um, daily devotionals read the Bible do morning prayer so when you now you now form a routine which is now become an empty routine because you just have to do it as a Christian right no no spontaneous thing no spontaneous things that score out of a relationship with God then your Christianity is on autopilot and you're just doing the second works and doing the regular things your routine as a christian so all christian deeds can be done that can be done all christian deeds that can be done without jesus god and holy spirit fall under second works you can volunteer in the church without having jesus god and holy spirit without talking to jesus god and holy spirit you can you can preach to people without having jesus god and holy spirit you can have that as your duty you can be paid to do so. So when you do all these things, we, you can do them without having your first love. Those are second works. Now, um, so the secondary things, detecting false prophets, laboring in God's work as a worker in church, laboring in a mission field, going to Africa, hating worldliness, hating worldly lifestyles. These are good, but they are second love. If you do all this without the fresh relationship with God, it's a kind of sin. You know why? Jesus said you need to repent. Imagine that. You if you if you do all this second love and don't do the first love, you need to repent. It's a kind of sin. According to Revelation chapter 2 verse 5, you are falling even though you don't say, how have I fallen? I have not fallen into sin. I, I don't tell lies. I don't do this. You are falling from your first love, from your relationship with God. So I wrote here, by grace of God, is that you, can, you might use autopilot to land a plane to its destination. They call something auto land. So you can program it that in XY co- coordinate land this plane, safely it might be a rough landing because it's auto land um however for the destination called eternal life with jesus god and the holy spirit you can never use auto land or autopilot to get to that destination why now listen to this interesting part of this in ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 before i read it guess which church this this thing is talking about. In Revelation chapter 2, Jesus was talking to the Ephesians, uh, at the church in Ephesus. And now, coincidentally, Paul was also talking to the, the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 4 verse 30, he says, he says this. Let me read you from KJV. Please open your Bibles to Ephesians 4 verse 30. Verse 30 says that oh let me let me see oh time would fail me to read the whole context but if you have some time please read Ephesians 4 verse 22 to 32 so uh, let me try to read it quickly Ephesians 4 22 to 20 to 32 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after god is created in righteousness and true holiness i don't want to go back to this but you should know about what it means to be a christian you cannot enter the kingdom of god if you are not born again born again is when you come to christ and then you ask for forgiveness and god sees that you are sincere he sees and says he sees your heart and he's like she's sincere he's sincere then god does work in you and this work is taking the old man that adam gave to you that your dad and your mom gave to you jesus did not have the old man because he was born of god he was born of a virgin but this old man is in everybody god takes this old man and nails him to the cross right? It it activates the death, right? And then he gives birth to water in you. And that is the new life. That is the new baby Jesus, born of water. Then he gives birth to the Holy Spirit in you, born of the spirit. The more water you drink from the word of God, the more the volume of water. And if it's so full, there's something like a fountain in you, it starts coming out. So, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the water bursts butts out like a fountain. And that is what it means to be born again. In two seconds or so, I explained that by the grace of God. So, if this has not happened in you, you need to be born again. Anyway, Paul was telling them that you, you need to put off that old man. Right? You need to ask God for mercies. That's God's job. So, you need to put him out and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye, verse 24, Ephesians 4, 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying. So even after you have put on the new man and you have the Holy Spirit, because you live in the flesh and you have learned a lot of habits from the old man, you need to then begin to, kill and modify all the deeds of the old man you need to modify according to colossians 3 verse 1 to 5 you can read that you need to kill all the deeds of the old man so i'm doing a crash course on salvation right now but let's keep going um so paul was telling the ephesians brethren to put away lying when you find that, as you read God's word, you have the new man in you telling you to do stuff. The Holy Spirit in you, helping you to overcome sin, giving you all the fruit of the Spirit, making you happy as a new Christian, giving you joy, peace, and all the fruit of the Spirit just coming out of you, making you excited and being patient. You just change somehow. You're just a new person because of this Holy Spirit in you. But you, you see that sometimes you get tempted and you be like, your reaction because the old man the normal reaction is you sin but now you have the power to say no so it depends on you using that power to say no or yes right because now you have new man you have the power to say no before you did not have the power to say no you were just a slave to sin and when the tempter comes you just give in you don't have any power no matter how you discipline yourself you did not have power but now you have the power to say no to sin and so do not give place to the devil verse 27 don't be angry verse 26 28 do not steal 29 do not let evil communication proceed from your mouth and 30 grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption so paul was telling them right now not to grieve the holy spirit as at paul's time now as at john's time in fact they don't even communicate with the Holy Spirit because they, they just they do all these rules and regulations that Paul has told them they do the second works but they have left the first love a relationship with God so Holy Spirit is our seal for that glorious day glorious day and no matter how we program our auto land The holy spirit is the ticket to be admitted into god's presence so if you even if you plan the auto land if the plane is not allowed in that jurisdiction it's going to be shut down right so when you plan an auto land into a destination that is not for that kind of plane maybe an auto land from a country that is not allowed in another country an aircraft that is not allowed in another country when the space um military people see that aircraft trying to auto land in their in their, in their in their land they will shoot it down so you cannot put your christianity on autopilot and just follow the rules and regulation of 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 being a christian play the part do the second works do all the mission mission work without having a relationship with jesus christ um can keep maintaining um, the status quo and think that you would be able to land safely in eternal life with jesus god and holy spirit that's not possible john 663 says that let's read john 663 Open your Bibles to John six sixty three. It says it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. I think I wanted to see the the Holy Spirit is our seal of redemption, so he's our seal when we want to is our permit. Is our permit is our permit to, to land safely in eternal life with God. yeah it's 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 um it's still ephesians four thirty, but i don't think i read seal of redemption there so ephesians four thirty. oh yeah i didn't read it properly and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption so do not grieve the spirit because he is your ticket to land in that area that you do not belong. We did not belong to God in the first, in the second place, right? At first we all belonged to God before Adam sinned, but after Adam sinned we did not belong to God anymore. We were discarded. But because of Jesus Christ, we now belong to God and our seal, our passport is that Holy Spirit. So if you do not maintain a relationship with Holy Spirit, if you don't maintain a relationship with the Holy Spirit read your Bible you are not going to be able to be admitted even if you auto you program your Christianity to land in heaven amen I pray God will help us so now repent that's what God is trying to tell you repent from not doing your quiet time from not when was the last time you heard from God when was the last time Jesus spoke to you about your situation when you have a problem who do you run to first do you tell it to your pastor your spouse or your parents do you call on Jesus first when you read the bible and you don't know what it means do you run to commentary or google do you call on Jesus first to help you understand it it's written in plain english yes but it's hidden secret So when you read the Bible, you need to look up to God and say, God, I trust in you to make me understand this. And God will give to you the revelation of his word. That is a relationship with God. You cannot depend on your pastor or your your prophet to do that for you. No. That is his own Christianity. You have to work out your own salvation. You have to have that Holy Spirit in you have a relationship with holy spirit you remember those people that the bible says that we walked miracles in your name and did this in your name and jesus did not know them it's because their christianity is on autopilot they are not checking the weather altitude checking their lives checking their relationship saying um do you copy holy spirit do you copy can you hear me right is there a communication with the tower house or what do they call it the control tower, can you communicate with Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit? Are they, are they t- talking back to you? That is the only way you can be admitted into that strange new land that you do not belong. But thanks to Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, we belong, so you don't forget your tickets. The foolish virgins they forgot their ticket, their oil that's their ticket, Holy Spirit, their, their Christianity. Was an autopilot. I think we are going to only talk about one church today, but we are supposed to study the book of Revelation chapter two. It has four churches, and we are almost halfway past, um, halfway through the whole time, and we're still talking about the church in Ephesus. So the church in Ephesus, um, they left their first love. They did the second works. They didn't do the first works, communicating with God. Autopilot means the plane is driving itself, and you are doing something else. Doing second works, right? I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So, when Jesus told them that they needed to repent, He also said He also gave them a promise. And I'm gonna gather all the promises in revelations together, and then I'm gonna say it out to so you. Recite it. I put I could print it out and share it, and we can hold on to those those promises because the Bible says that blessed are they that do the conditions for the promises. Hear the word of God and do, they will be blessed. So we're going to write down all the promises. So the promise, this is the second promise in the book of Revelations, I believe, is here. So you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That's the Revelations 2 verse 6. You hate the deed of the Nicolaitans. So by God's grace, God will give us the wisdom of what the deeds of the Nicolaitans are. But Jesus hates their deeds. Verse 7 repent that's what God said then verse 7 says he that has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches to him that overcometh I will give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God so if you overcome if you correct yourself in addition to the second works sorry about that in addition to the second works if you correct yourself and you um, go back to your first love, start to seek God by yourself, repent, tell God you are sorry for how you've not, how you've kept your Christianity on autopilot and have not um, been doing the first works, fellowshipping with God, praising God and singing to God, talking to God about everything, trusting God communicating with God and checking if he's speaking back to you you have to repent right it's not too late to repent it's not too late to repent I was doing something I didn't know I was doing okay so I I had like a three year three year task right that's an example from my life I had a three year mission And do you believe that god told me in the last year in the third year that ruth you have not been serving me well all these two point something years and that was scary and i was like i just knew i said okay i know i know i know what it is and i pray that god will reveal to you what this means for your life what needs to change and I said, yes, I know what I need to change. I didn't, know that, I didn't know that it was that significant in your sight. I didn't know that this this needed to change. But I didn't know all these years, and I've been, I've been doing second works. I've been doing second works with all my might and my zeal and my strength. And then I came out to the altar and surrendered my life to Christ and asked God to forgive me. And I'm sure that everybody will be like, Um, why is this real powerful woman of God coming out, (laughs) out to repent, asking God to forgive her? Why? Why? You know, but the truth is, it's not too late to repent from doing what God has, has corrected you about. Repent today and ask God to forgive you and start afresh and and start doing your first works. If the second works is preventing you from doing your first work, you better stop the second works (laughs) because the first works is the most important thing. You got to communicate with Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit. Maintain the presence of God. Make sure that Jesus is with you every second of your life. That God, Holy Spirit, you are are talking to them and they, they are communicating back to you. You are praising God, reading the Word of God, growing, growing in your spiritual life, right to maturity. Make sure that your your love for Christ is growing. And I pray that God will help you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not too late to repent. Now let's go to the um, glory be to God. We are done with the church in Ephesus. We saw their good parts; they are good in doing the second works. Or they were bad in doing the first works now we're going to the church in me and that starts from Revelations chapter 2 verse 8 and unto let me read it now open your Bibles to Revelations 2 8 and until the angel of the church in Smina, right this thing said the first and the last which was dead and is alive i know thy works and tribulation and poverty but thou art rich and i know the blasphemy of them which say they are jews but are not but are of the synagogue of satan fear not sorry fear, fear none of the things fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer Behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried and ye shall have tribulations 10 days be not be thou faithful unto the end and i will give thee a crown of life and he that hath and hear let him hear what the spirit said unto the churches he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death, amen. I hope we listened while um, I was reading. So, welcome, Martin. I really um, appreciate your presence here. We are reading Revelations chapter 2. There are four churches in Revelations 2. Jesus gave John messages to four churches in Revelations 2. We have just gone through. Jesus' message to the first church and then we will be going through Jesus' message to the other three churches. So you have joined at the right time but if you want to know the message to the first church you can go back and watch this live video. Thank you. So um, the message to the second church which is the church in Smyrna. this church um, was going through tribulations and poverty in revelations 2, nine It says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. Guess what? But thou art rich. What does that even mean? So I want to tell you, and I want you to let me know if you fall under the church in Smyrna. do you currently suffer persecution for Jesus? Are you physically and monetary poor as a Christian? Are you suffering poverty and lack? Congratulations, you are the church in Seminar. You are under the Seminar category. Now, see all the things um, Jesus said about them. They, they are actually rich in Jesus Christ. They are rich in the Holy Spirit. You have the heavenly currency, and which is the knowledge of God. So the amount of God you know in this life determines your riches in eternity with God. The knowledge of God is the eternal currency. Remember when the Bible says that thou cannot serve God and money. So there are two currencies there. One is money, which we spend in this world, and the other one is God. The amount of God you amass on this earth is determines your riches in heaven. That's how rich you would be. God, the knowledge of God, is the, is the, is the currency, is what you are going to be spending in heaven. I, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. That is the truth. How do I know? I know it from reading the Bible. Now, the, the money you pay in church doesn't add to your riches in heaven. The, your deeds, your, your giving to the poor does not add to your riches in heaven. Because the only way you can be rich in heaven is knowing God. God is the currency we will spend in heaven. Now, let's go, let's read. So, it says that, Eternal currency—it's not and can never be the amount of money you give in church or give to the poor. Is the amount of the knowledge of God being released to you by God Himself? You need a constant relationship with God to have such a knowledge of God. Jesus told the church in Smyrna that they will still suffer more, even suffer by the devil himself. So the devil will not only use people to persecute the the church in Smyrna they will, the devil, the devil will, by himself will come and persecute the church in Smyrna. Meaning that those people that are suffering for Christ now, they will suffer more, even more, but they are rich. The more they suffer, the more rich they are in Christ. You know why? Now let me tell you why. First Peter chapter 4 verse 1. Open your Bibles to First Peter 4 verse 1. Let's go. Peter 4 verse 1 says that since Christ suffered and underwent pain you must have the same attitude he did you must be ready to suffer Two, for remember when your body suffers sin loses its power now listen let's read KJV now KJV in first Peter chapter 4 verse 1 listen to what it says for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh arm yourself likewise with the same mind for he that had suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin so if you can suffer persecution for Jesus Christ you are you are done with sin for you to be able to suffer for Christ is it temptation you won't be able to overcome no for you to be able to say I belong to Jesus in the face of death you will be able to stand for Jesus in the face of temptation to fornicate or temptation to steal no matter how large the money is. If you can say I belong to Jesus in the face of death, then you can say I belong to Jesus and reject sin. So suffering for Christ is the highest level of knowing God. If you can suffer for God, you know God. You know, you know God to a very high level and you are a rich man in Christ. You are a rich man in heaven. You'll be a rich man in heaven. So let's read another part that backs this up. And that is Philippians 3 verse 10. So Philippians 3 says that. Philippians 3 10 says. That I may know him. Now these are different levels of knowing God. That I may know him. The power of his resurrection. So the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead right living in you that's the Holy Spirit's power is a level of knowing God salvation now the fellowship is in his suffering is another level of knowing God when you fellowship in Jesus is suffering that's another level now when you are when you're a matter for Christ when you die for Jesus that's another level of knowledge of God so these are different levels right? That Paul talked about. Paul is trying to know God, starting from salvation to suffering for him and to dying for him. That dying for his sake, dying for Jesus' sake. So this church in Smyrna, they are rich. (laughs) So I don't know if you want me to read it again. And if you don't believe it, open your Bibles and read it yourself. Revelation chapter 2 verse nine it says that I know your works and tribulations and poverty you're poor physically you're poor materially, but you are rich you are rich I wish you can see how rich you are right now you know Jesus was trying to tell them, like you are the richest people right you are not the you're not the Christians that find it easy to practice Christianity Find it easy to read your Bible and communicate with God. Praying every time, worshipping God. You can go to church freely without any um, um, police arresting you. You, are, you, are, you have some money in, in Christ. <laughs> you have some money in heaven. You read your Bible daily. That's good. You're growing in knowledge of God. Yeah, you have some money. But if you can, if, if you suffer persecution in that you, you, you say no to sin, that is another high level of knowing God, yeah? You, you have high currency in heaven, building up your riches in heaven. Then, when you can suffer persecution for God, you are rich. You are a rich man in heaven. And so, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews, but are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear not those things which thou shalt suffer, because you will still suffer more. That was what God was telling the people of smina and that is why we christians when we live to see the rule of the antichrist we will be persecuted to one more riches amen so we are going to be persecuted when we get to that level when we get to the real end time we're still going to be studying it in revelations when we get to the real end time we will be persecuted for christ's sakes i don't want to make jokes here but i think somebody joined where i said we will be persecuted and the person quickly ran away <laughs> but let's leave it at that anyway the truth you want to hear the truth the truth is that if you are alive at the time of the end the antichrist is coming to persecute the church and then when he does we would have to stand for Christ. And when we stand for Christ in the face of death, it's not going to be too long because Jesus will shorten the time. And when he shut is the time, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So when we, we stand for Christ, Jesus will come in the clouds, standing in the clouds and harvest us home, harvest the, the good plants home in rapture, and then burn the wheat which are on earth. Amen. So I pray God will help us to do his will. And that is the wrath of God. So immediately after immediately after tribulation, Matthew 24:29 says, The sun will be darkened, the son of man will come, and will be taken home, and then the wrath of God will begin on those who do not. did not accept God or those who were not able to suffer for Christ so you have to be strong as a Christian be strengthened and know what you believe in amen so this church basically just got some encouragement from Jesus Christ Jesus commanded them that and reminded them that yes they are physically poor but they are rich reminded them that you are rich as a Christian you are rich when you are saved you are rich when you know God the amount of the knowledge of God you know is the amount of riches you have in heaven so the more you continue doing the first works by meditating on God's word knowing everything that God has to say about his word that God has to deliver to you when you know all those things about God by reading his word by fellowshipping with him then you build up riches for yourself in heaven So God said by himself, you are rich. I just want to emphasize it because maybe some people don't believe me. They are physically poor. They don't even have money to give to the church. They don't have money to to give to the poor. They are poor themselves. They are the poor. So they don't have any money to give to, to increase their bank account in heaven. No, that's not how it is. They are poor on earth, but they are rich in heaven because they have the knowledge of God enough to be able to suffer for God. If you don't know God, why will you suffer for God? Why will you want to let someone kill you if you don't know God? No, it's because you know God, you love God so much. That's why you can suffer for God. You can only suffer for God if you know him, you know what he is, you cannot deny him. That's when you can suffer for God. So the knowledge of God you have on earth is the, is the knowledge of God um, you have is the, is the is the amount of riches you have in heaven, Amen. Okay, let's keep going. Verse ten says that fear not, you will still suffer more. And but a promise says a promise of God to you guys is that be faithful unto death means you are gonna be killed. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. So God told. So if you are if you are watching right now and you are suffering persecution. For Jesus Christ, you are the church in Smyrna and be faithful unto death and God will give you the crown of life. Be encouraged and God will give you the crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear. And a promise says that he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Yes, they can kill your body. They can kill your physical body, but you will not be hurt of the second death. You will not be hurt of the eternal condemnation, eternal Death. Forever death. Amen. So 12 says, the third church. Oh my God. We are almost out of time. So Revelation 2 verse 12 is talking to the church in Pegamos. So unto the church. Thank you Jesus for your word. I, I praise your name. So the church in Pegamos. And to the angel of the church in pegamos write this thing said he which had the sharp sword with two edges so jesus has the sharp sword in his mouth with two edges i know thy works and it's actually interesting to visualize this jesus having the sharp sword in his mouth you remember that Jesus is the Word of God and the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword so the Word of God is a sharp sword so obviously if Jesus is having a sword in his mouth, you shouldn't be surprised because he's the sharp sword he's the Word of God amen so um, this thing said Jesus the one that has the sharp swords with two edges I know thy works and where thou dwell so you leave Even where Satan's seat is. Oh my God. So these Christians live where Satan's seat is. Where Satan lives. And thou holdest fast my name. So these Christians, they're holding fast to God's name. They are not denying the faith and has not denied my faith. Even in those days when Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth verse 14 but i have a few things against thee because thou hast dared them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication verse 15 so as thou also them that hold the doctrines of the nicolaitans which thing i hate Repent, or else I will come quickly. I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh, another promise I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth, saving he that readeth it. That's a cool promise. We will not know how important that is right now because all the promise we know on earth is when someone puts money in our bank accounts, when someone gives us a million dollars. That's the kind of promise we like. But the truth is that, when we get to heaven, we will know how important all this riches is. What does it mean when God says that I will give him to eat of the Eden manna? Remember, when we get to heaven and we see somebody eating the Eden manna, we're like, "Oh my God! I wish I had, I wish I had like, overcome, right? Oh, I wish I have known God so well to 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 eat of the Eden manna. You get it? So they are different crowns in heaven they are different works so if you your works is um hi bu, busol, hi, hi bsola welcome oh bukumi i mean hi bukumi welcome so there are different works in um in in christianity and our works will be tested by fire so if your works pass through fire and it's burnt that's not going to be nice but if you walk past your fire and it's it's even like gold then that's that's a great nameless you will hear from god oh wow welcome my faithful servant. you've done everything well so to him that overcome it god will give us to eat the eden manna so and i will give him a white stone so i don't know on earth, I can't use a white stone for anything. I don't know what it's used for. But Jesus will give that person that overcomes a white stone in, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that received it. So if you take some currency, which they use in the olden days, and you bring it now to spend, people will be like, mm, you, are, you are poor. But if you take it to a place where they still spend those currencies, You'll be a rich man. So this white stone, we don't know the value right now. But when we get to heaven, we would know the value. And we, we should just trust God and his word. This is a great promise. Amen. So let's see what God is telling the church in Pergamos. This church in Pergamos, they are really staying in the midst of temptation. They are really staying in the midst of evil. Where Satan's seat is. The, their church is exactly where Satan is. But they hold fast to the name of God, even in the face of persecution, right? So they physically live where Satan's seat is, but they hold fast to Jesus Christ and his name, and they have faith in God. Even during a period, Jesus noted this very terrible period of persecution that cost Antipas' his life. Satan lives in Pergamos and does not want to be defeated. And God, Jesus, like liken this to what Balak and Balaam and that is a clue of who you are and um, of that's a clue telling you what to what to observe to know if you fall under the church in Pegamos do I fall under the church in Pegamos do I is my church where Satan is and let us see more characteristics Jesus said there are some of you that are like that some of you that hold the doctrine of balaam and then it's a clue to go read about balaam and balak so if you have some time this week read numbers the book of numbers chapter 22 23 24 down to 31. read those chapters and then you would see um what happened to balak and balaam and then you would know and you would try to evaluate and say, am I the church in Pergamos? And how do I correct myself and become and repent? How do I repent so that I can be ready for Jesus Christ coming? So it says here that. It says here. OK, I read the book of Numbers not the whole book. I've read the whole book before, but for this Bible study, I did not read the whole book. I read the part where they talked about Balaam and Balak. And the prophet Balaam fell for the money promised him by the king Balak and became a false prophet. And I want to tell you something. False prophets do not begin false. Balak used used to be a true prophet, a good prophet. He used to hear from God. Prophecy is a gift of the spirit. And God will not take it back from you Balaam used to hear from God in fact when the king Balak right the king saw that the children of Israel were close to where his throne was at that time right he called the prophet of God Balaam to curse the people this is so similar to the church in Pegamos Satan saw that these Christians were staying where his throne was at that time, right? These Christians were staying where Satan's throne is. And then just like King Balak, King Balak wanted to get rid of the children of Israel. And so he sent for Balaam, the prophet of God, to curse um, the children of Israel. That's the, same way that, that's the same way that Satan is conniving, is communicating with the prophets in the Pergamos church, turning them into false prophets. I don't know whether you get that similarity. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Like there are some people among you because Satan's throne is there and Satan is threatened by these children of God that are holding the faith, right, in Pergamos. So, it says that Satan is being threatened and he did not want to be defeated, just like King Balak did not want the Israelites to defeat him. So, he connived with a prophet who communicates with God, the God of Israel. He knows the laws of Israel, he knows their weakness. The prophet Balaam fell for the money promised him by Balak and became a false prophet. So, So the angel of the lord when balak sent so let me give you a crash study on balak and Balaam, and please still go read the 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 book of numbers so that you can know it for yourself because no matter how much i tell you you gotta read it for yourself the the children of israel came to settle in satan's throne right where the king balak was where his seat was right and so, Balak called Balaam, that hears from God, although he was not a prophet in Israel, but he communicates with the God of Israel. So even though God had a covenant with Israel, God still talked to other prophets in other tribes at that time. So this Mr. Balak, or Prophet Balak, Balaam, with an M, and Balak K, the King Balak, told King Balak, prophet Balaam to come cost the people of Israel and God told Balaam not to go with the messengers King Balak sent more um King Balak sent more distinguished messengers with more rewards with more rewards to Balaam and I don't know why Balaam was still asking God questions God has already told Balaam do not go Right, Probably because of the bounty and rewards that the king Balak promised Balaam to give if he could cost the children of Israel. Anyway, because of money, it's still money, right? Because of money, Balaam continued asking God, should I go with them? And God was like, go with them. And on the way to going to the king of Balak, Balaam's donkey, which he rode on, refused to move and he struck the donkey and the donkey refused to move and when the angel of God wanted to like smite Balaam the prophet the donkey lowered itself down to the ground and there was a time that the donkey actually pushed Balaam's foot to crush the wall right and Balaam was really mad with his donkey and he was smiting the donkey and the, the donkey God made the donkey to be able to speak right and said that have I been disobedient all this while I've been your ride? I've not been disobedient. Why don't you understand that there's something preventing me from moving? That's why I'm not moving and God opened Balaam's eyes to see the angel of God that prevented the donkey from moving. The, the, and the angel of God said, "Balaam, I could have killed you. It's your it's your donkey that saved you. He kept weaving, weaving. The, the I could have smite you right with my sword, but the the donkey helped you. Um, and the angel of God told him to go, but to go and meet King Balak, but only say what I ask you to say. That was what the the angel of God told." The prophet balaam so god was communicating with balaam he was not a false prophet at the beginning right and guess what if you consistently read numbers chapter 23 if you try to read it in the niv version the niv version has this nice thing it divides the messages that god gave to balaam by sections instead of by um verses so so the first message to Numbers chapter 23 So the first, the first message The first message of God through Balaam to Balak was directly from God so Balaam was saying everything God asked him to say and the message starts from numbers 23 verse 1 2 to 12 right so it says that um, Balak spoke this message from God exactly from God Balak brought me from Aram the king of Moab from the eastern mountains come he said Curse Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed, And how can I den- denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them, and from the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one nation. Who can count the thirst of Jacob or number the f- a fourth, even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and may my final end be like theirs. And Balak said unto Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. So, Balak, Balaam, the prophet, answered Balak the king, must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? So, the first time, Balaam spoke what God put in his mouth. The good prophet spoke what God put in his mouth. The second time, Balaam's messages can be found in Numbers 23, continuing verse 13 to... 20, 26 Balaam spoke what God put in his mouth now let's fast forward to numbers two, 20, chapter 24 when Balaam the prophet saw that everything God puts in his mouth is blessing Israel and the way he was looking at it the bounty the rewards the money is not gonna go home with him he decided to do something now listen very carefully to what Balaam did The same way God has been speaking to Balaam previously, he abandoned that way. That's how false prophecy begins. So when you see a prophet that started well, that started well, the prophets that live among the people of Pegamos, they were good prophets, but Satan because they sat in the seat, they were, they were, they were living where Satan had his throne. The children of Israel were living where King Balaam, King Balak, had his throne, King Balak connived with, some, with the prophet Balaam to curse the people, offering him money. So among the church in Pergamos, there are some prophets that started well, that knows the witness of God's people that are conniving with Satan. And they are turning into false prophets. So in this church of Pergamos, the rate of increase in false prophecy was high. So let's put it that way. Numbers 24 verse 1 says this. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times. So he said, I know what you want to say, God. You want to say that you want to bless Israel again. I'm not going to hear that. Let me just prophesy. Use my gift that you have given me to prophesy. So this gift, it can operate without Jesus God and Holy Spirit. Your gift that God has given you, that the Holy Spirit is a gift. He doesn't take it back. It's not a fruit. Fruit is characteristics of something inside. A gift was given to you by an external agent. So, Holy Spirit can live in you and also give you a gift. Holy Spirit might not live in you and give you a gift. So, this gift that the the Holy Spirit had given Balaam, that's the gift of prophecy. Balaam decided not to have any relationship with God but go on his own and use God's gift and you can read it some in some um, Bible verse that says that God doesn't take back the gifts of the Holy Spirit he gives his people so that's why you can see a pastor that is walking miracle but it's it's is living in terrible sin against God that that's why you could see all these prophets that they, you, their church is so full of people, they keep talking and talking and talking, I'm like, why do they why are they so fluent? They have all these fluent words coming out of their mouth I'm like mm, okay it's possible so he did not resort to definition as other times, but he turned his face towards the wilderness, and when Balam looked out and saw Israel encamped by tribes, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he spoke his message the prophecy of Balaam son of Boa so now he's now speaking his own words right using the Holy Spirit's gift you see um, solo Samson was using the Holy Spirit's gift when he was living in sin with Delilah he was still using the Holy Spirit's gift he spoke his message he did not speak from god right now he's speaking his own prophecy so the first time he said this is the message from god right so god he spoke what god put in his mouth but it, the third message when he's using he uses the spirit of prophecy that god gave him this, the prophecy of balaam he now put his name there you see all these people that say balaam ministries right they put their name on the name of their ministry, Balaam Ministries. So it's now the prophecy of the son of Balaam, the, the Balaam son of Boah. The prophecy of one whose eyes sees clearly. The prophecy of one who hears the word of God. Who You see how he is praising an empty vessel, right? Without the gift of God, he is nothing, but he keeps praising himself. The prophecy of one who hears the word of God, who sees vision from the almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are open? How beautiful are your tents, Jacob. So he kept prophesying this message, not from God, but from his gift that God has given him. And then he prophesied not from God, but from his own personal gift. And then at the end, although they didn't mention it in Numbers 24, they mentioned it in Numbers in numbers um, 30, one so let me read what i wrote here by the grace of god false prophets used to hear from god but notice this in balaam's thought message he abandoned the voice of god and started using his prophecy his prophecy gift to prophesy the gift of prophecy is the gift of the spirit that the spirit won't take back from you it's a gift not to be returned but the fruits are characteristics someone whom the holy spirit has left could prophesy and exhibit the gift and they can never naturally but they can never naturally exhibit the fruit of the Spirit Balaam prophesied blessing Israel twice no misfortune seen in Jacob that is numbers chapter 23 um, verse 21 so make sure you read those things but the third time he relied on his own abilities he relied on his God-given abilities even though they were God-given abilities. And that is a lesson to all of us. So the place where we read said that he started saying his own words. So, and I gave another example of Satan. Satan still has the power given to him by God. But he can never have the fruit of the Spirit. Let's leave it there. Balaam was covetous. He abandoned hearing from God, trusting in God, and used his gift for profit. So you can also use your gift that God has given you for greed and profit. In Numbers 31, we understand that to make sure the bounty and the rewards which Balak, King Balak, had promised him made it home with him. He advised the Moabites on how to defeat God's people. So if I could quickly read Numbers 31, verse 15 to 18, please open your Bibles to Numbers 31, 15 to 18. It says that, have you allowed all the women to leave? So, this is when the Israelites were killing the people that made them sin against God, right? Have you allowed the women to leave? He asked them. So Moses asked them. Moses is angry. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice. Balaam the prophet, the good prophet, the ones good prophet. But when he he ignored God's words and started prophesying with his gift, right? So Balaam, these women in Numbers 31, verse 16, they were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the poor incident. So they were recurring that incident that happened when Balaam was supposed to bless the people of God, right? In the poor incident, so that a plague struck the Lord's people. So, um, now kill all the boys and every woman who has slept with a man but say for yourself every girl who has never slept with a man so this is this was what happened and I wanted to show us where Balaam was killed by Israel because that's his that's his punishment for what he did so let me just keep reading this thing that God has helped me to write down from my study it says that but among the pegamos church There are false prophets that work with unbelievers to make Christianity weak and cause Christians to sin. Where do you hear? Okay, so this is where you hear a pastor caught in adultery or caught stealing. You hear a pastor sexting. You hear different um, reports about pastors and everything that are not good. So doctrine of Balaam. Now, what is the doctrine of Balaam? The doctrine of Balaam is any message now. Write down this is where you write something down in your note because I didn't get this from my own revelation, I got it from God. The doctrine of Balaam is any message preached by a pastor or a man of God that benefits the devil and benefits the second master, money. So, money or mammon is the second master. You cannot serve God and money, God is one master, mammon is the second master. You cannot love God and love money at the same time, you either love God hates money. He did not say you either love God and like money. You must not even like money if you love God. So that's crazy. You either love one or hate the other. You either love God and hate money, or you hate God and love money. Let me say it again. You either love God and hate money, or hate God and love money. You gotta choose one. You can you can you can't love God and like money, you have to love God and hate money. So the doctrine of Balaam is any message preached by a pastor or man of God that benefits the devil and benefits money. Any message preached by a pastor that benefits money is the doctrine of Balaam. So are you in the church where they preach messages that benefits the devil or benefit money? pray god will deliver you from that church so any doctrine such as prospect prosperity doctrine once saved forever saved the false doctrine that once you say the salvation prayer on the altar in church you can never go to hell that is a false doctrine even when you keep on committing sin against god that's a false doctrine any doctrine that causes people to sin against god just like balaam did right so the pegamos church hard false prophets like this that preach that do stuff preach stuff to cause people to sin and benefit the devil which uh, which is tantamount to the king of the Balak king king of Moab right the devil if you, if your message benefits the devil if your message if your pastor's message benefits money 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 increasing money to to build church increasing money to do this money to do that let's give money money when money is mentioned like 10 times more than the name of jesus when money is the the order of the day how to increase the money the church is making just know that you are in the Pergamos church where satan's throne is and where um where the doctrine being taught in your church is the doctrine of Balaam. Oh, we have to move faster. God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So now listen. All this benefits Satan and Mammon. If you go to a church where your pastor is a false prophet, you need to repent. You need to repent. You are at fault. If you go to a church that your pastor is a false prophet you are at fault you need to repent you are a member of the pergamos church and you live in sin you need to repent they call on jesus they have faith in god even in the midst of persecution right but sin and peak moral immorality peak immorality that is where they live they live in the midst of sin satan peak immorality but their pastors listen to unbelievers that bribe them to modify the word of God. And the members fall into sin as a result. Balaam was killed in Numbers 31, verse 8, by the Israelites. Now, Jude also talked about false prophets like Balaam that would appear in the last days. So you have to read Jude 1 8 21. You can use the NIV version where they actually mentioned that they, they were actually prophets and seers. But... They left God like Balaam. And please, let's quickly read it before we conclude on this church in Pergamos. So, um, Jude has just one chapter. And I'm going to read from verses 8 to 21. It says that in the same way, on the strength of their dreams, you see, they, they have dreams. They dream they see vision they are prophet they see they still have the gifts of the holy spirit so they have this gifts so in the same way on the strength of their dreams i wish god took this 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 this, this gifts from them so that they would not cause havoc but that's that's how we we we've, we've, come to understand it from the word of God says that on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authorities and heap abuses on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil with the devil about the body of Moses did not, himself dare to condemn him for slander but said the lord rebuke you yet these people slander whatever they do not understand and the very things they do understand by instincts as irrational animals do will destroy them okay as rational animals will destroy them so woe to them verse 11 they have taken the way of cain they have rushed for profit into Balaam's error they have rushed for profit into balance era. They have destroyed in Korah's rebellion. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. So Jude was talking about these people. They boast about their dreams. They boast about this prophecy that they have. And sometimes it comes to pass. But woe unto them. They are blemishes at your love feast. So it looks like Jude was, just like Ephesus, Jude was talking to the Pegamos church that these people, in Jude 1 verse 12, they are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualms. They are shepherds who feed only themselves. So they want your money. That's what they want. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit, and uprooted, and they are twice dead. All these things, he says that... um, now, listen to their punishment. They are wild waves of the sea, Jude 1.13, forming up their shame. They're so shameless. They just want your money. They just want to, to just... God help us. Wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. That's their punishment. The blackest darkness is their punishment. I pray that we would not be part of them. If you go to a church uh, that your pastor is the false prophet, please... Repent. Come back to God. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You got to repent. Come back to God and God will tell you what to do. Look for God. Don't stop talking to God until he talks to you. Tell God to have mercy upon you. Cry out to God. And God that talks to me will talk to you. You don't need a pastor to talk to God. You need to talk to God by yourself. Ask God for forgiveness. Read the Bible. Pray. Talk to God and he will talk to you. When you are sincere and honest, he will reach out to you. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. So let me quickly go to the promises that God promised you if you are a Pergamum church. If you are a church in Pergamum or Pergamos, you have this promise. He that hasn't here, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. If you overcome, if you overcome that false church, that false doctrine, if you overcome I will give to eat of the hidden manna. I will give you to eat of the hidden manna. I will give you a white stone. And in that white stone, a new name, which no man knows what is written on it except you that is holding the stone. I don't know how nice the stone is going to be, but it's going to be a stone. And that's your promise, right? To you. That's your reward. Just overcome that first church and if god is leading you to leave the church or call them out or 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 leave their midst or drive them out of your midst right you can drive them out of your midst because you pay your pastors right so when they start talking about the the false doctrines you drive them out of your midst because they are blemishes in your love feast i pray god will help us in the name of jesus now let's move forward move forward now final word to you christians that have the gift of god the gift of god teaching healing faith miracle walking speaking in tongues even singing uh, ministering all these gifts that god has given you now listen when you have as a christian the gift of god do not be like balaam always seek god and trust god in whatever whenever you're using your gift look to god humbly every time Not sometimes. Every single time. Don't say, oh, I know how to sing. I already practiced the song. I already practiced the words. No. Look to God and trust in God. Never trust in your gift or ability. Always say, God, I trust you to do it again. And when he does it again, don't say, oh, wow, I just did it like I did other times. No, it's not you. It's God. Trust in God. Then you'll be doing it the right way. Then you'll be serving the right way. So if you are a healer, you say, God, I know you have given me the power to heal. I trust in you. Not that you say, I'll go out just like something. I'll go out as, as at other times and I'll just do that powerful work. No. You have to trust in God, always trust in God. And the heart is very deceptive, so you have to say it out. God, I trust in you. You have to say it out so that your heart will know that you trust God. Your brain will know that you trust God. You have to say it out that you trust God. Let us go to the last church in Revelation chapter 2. So the last church is the church in Thyatira. The church in Thyatira is a very interesting church. Let's quickly go there. We are in Revelations chapter 2. Open your Bibles again to Revelation chapter 2 verse 18. So 18 to 26 is quite long, but we're going to try to finish it in this Bible study. We're not moving it to next two weeks. No. Sorry, excuse me. We are starting next two weeks studying Revelations chapter three, by the grace of God, then we will see the other three churches, because there are seven churches that Jesus Christ gave a message to, through John. So 18, Revelations 2:18 says that, and unto the church, unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, this thing said the Son of God, who has eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and patience and thy works. I know everything you're doing. Jesus is in the midst of the churches. You went to church today. Jesus was there. He was looking at you. What kind of Christians are this? Just pick your category from all these churches we are studying in Revelations in the book of Revelation. Where do you fall under? Are you under Thyatira? Now Thyatira they have good works. They are kind, they have charity, love, service, faith, they are patient. And guess what? They are hot for God. It says, and the last to be more than the first. So their current state of love for God, of devotion, of relationship is actually more than when they became a Christian. So they are growing in Christ. Whoa! So they are doing the second works. They are also doing the first works. They are doing the first love. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. So God, again, correct them, um, praise them before correcting them, right? That's the best form of correction, man. When you tell me what I'm doing right before you tell me what I'm doing wrong, I would really listen to you and take correction. So notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess. So in the church in Pergamos, we have a prophet or false prophets. Now we have Jezebel prophetess. Are you in a church that your pastor is a Jezebel prophetess? You, congratulations, you have found your category. You are Tyreteria and you need to repent. Now this is how we go. Let's keep reading. So I have a few things against you because you suffer that woman Jezebel which called herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of our fornication and she repented not. 22 Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into a gr- into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the heart, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the death of Satan, the depths of Satan, as they speak i will put upon you none other burden. so if you're doing the first works you're doing the second works the first works the relationship with god when you say god do you copy and god answers you you're doing the first work the holy spirit answers you jesus answers you he speaks to you the relationship is flowing that's the first works the second works is then church work volunteering work You're doing the first works, you're doing the second works as God directs you to do the second works. Because if you know that the second one is going to affect your first love, you better leave the first, the second work and focus on the first work. The first works is the most important one. You're doing the first works, keeping the first love. You try your best to do the second works as the Holy Spirit directs you. Because if you do it of the flesh, it's not going to be counted, it's not going to count. You're going to only do the second works being directed by the Holy Spirit. If you are doing charity and you're putting it on social media, that's, 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 I don't know who sent you that, but the first works, the second works, works hand in hand. And then when you do that, Revelations chapter 2 verse, chapter 2 verse, um, what's this thing? So yeah, so verse 24, it says that I will not put any other burden on you. So easy, right? First works, second works. That's what God wants you to do. Hold on to your first love and serve him faithfully. Don't listen to the false prophets. Don't listen to the Jezebel prophetesses. Just do what God has asked you to do. So there are some people, not everyone in Thyatira used to um, allow the false prophet the, the woman first prophetess right now, the Jezebel prophetess. Not everyone, not every church in, in Thyatira allowed this woman, but some churches allowed this woman to come into their midst, prophesy to them, but also make the servants, the, the church, the children of God, to sin, to commit fornication and eat things, sacrificed to idols. And she doesn't want to repent. God is saying that, he will come if they do not repent and destroy them with tribulation. And note that this tribulation is not the tribulation for us. This tribulation is the wrath of God that comes when Jesus comes to harvest us and then destroy the Jezebels. That's the wrath of God. That's what that's the tribulation for the for this Jezebel people. So now listen, twenty-five says, but that which ye have already Hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give the power over the nations. Remember this. If you stay to the end, you will rule with Jesus Christ. All the power and the sovereignty and the dominion of all the kingdoms under heaven shall be given to the holy people of the most high. You and I. That's what Daniel 7.27 says. All the sovereignty and greatness of the old nations will be given to us. And God is saying it here again. Revelations confirms what Daniel said 2 verse 26 if you overcome and keep my works until the end I will give you power over the nations you will become an authority you will become a leader in Jesus' kingdom and it lasts forever and 27 says, Revelation 2, 27 says and, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron <clears throat> my Jesus shall rule them with a rod of iron <clears throat> as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as i received of my father and i will give him the morning star honestly i think that all these promises are for every christian that overcome whatever church you you belong to whatever level you find yourself once you overcome you see it's to even that overcome once you overcome everything overcome persecution overcome first prophets overcome recovery from your first love where you're falling you would get these promises. And what promise is this in Revelations 2 verse 28? The morning star. That's cool. And 29 says, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the churches. The monastery, that is beautiful. I've not seen it before, but I know it's going to be great. Anyway, this is the promise that God has for us. So now let's read what I um, the Holy Spirit gave me to write, write here. It says that. The church are charitable but have abandoned they, they are charitable they have not abandoned their first love their relationship with god is not an autopilot like the ephesus brethren they even love god more than the time they believed however they allowed frost false, false prophetesses into their midst the spirit of jezebel and fornication they have they have seduced their pastors God told the false believers to repent or else they will suffer God's wrath. So not all of them allowed the false prophetesses, the women, into their midst, but some, right? So the people in verses 24 and 25 were not involved in this and were advised to keep up the good work. God's instructions are straightforward. Just hold fast to your first love. Hold fast to your first love. That's the instruction. Love and serve God. Have faith, have patience. Grow in the knowledge of God. And and don't be stagnant. Just keep growing and growing and growing in knowledge of God. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of Revelation chapter 2. I don't want to take any more time. I just want us to pray. And I know that you have been blessed by this ministration everlasting father i am grateful to you and i thank you i am very grateful to you for how you have opened my eyes to see all these deep revelations from the word of god this did not come from any commentary this came exactly from your throne and i am thankful and i give you praise i worship your majesty and i thank you king of glory the king of kings the king that the whole earth will one day bow down to whether they like it or not i worship you oh god that created the heavens and the earth i worship you oh god that sits in the midst of the Cherubim, god that dwells in inapproachable light i worship you jesus i worship you god i worship you holy spirit i thank you for opening my eyes oh god to see this knowledge and revelation from your word of oh God I ask that everyone of oh God, that has heard this word that you would do a work in their life and help them to repent if they have identified themselves among this any of these four churches of oh God show them how to repent how to come back to their first love how um, not to allow the false prophets how to overcome persecution how to endure even in the face of death how to know god more so that they can increase their riches in heaven because that's the currency how to to cast out the false jezebel prophets from their midst how to love you better and and, and communicate with you better and manually dedicate with the real dedication read your word and have a relationship with you Lord, I thank you, God, for these corrections that you are giving us. I ask that you would help everyone listening to take these corrections and repent in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me to repent. Help everybody to repent in Jesus' name. Help us to repent, O God, so that we would overcome God. Lord, help us to overcome temptation. Help us to overcome persecution. Help us to... to be like the church that you have planned us to be, the exact church, without any sports, without any blame, oh God. we would Help us to just receive praises from you, God. Help us to work on the, the corrective areas in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you have done it. We give you all the praise, oh God. We bless you, o God, because Lord, you will save souls, O Lord, from this ministration, oh God. You will heal the sick, oh God. You would you would raise the people that are dead both physically and spiritually. You will set free the prisoners from both the prisons of their souls and their physical prison, oh God. You will set free the ones that are oppressed by the enemy, they are possessed of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, you will set them free, oh God. You will set free people that are. Depressed that are under the bondage of suicidal thoughts, oh God! In the name of Jesus, you will set them free. You will set the prisoners free. You will, you would comfort the disabled, the people with disability, deformity. You will give them your Holy Spirit and joy. You will heal them, oh God! In the name of Jesus Christ, and I decree that you would save the Jews, the Gentiles, the. All all the religions that do not know you, you will save them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you because this ministration all will go to the ends of the earth, O oh God. And all the people that are destined to be saved, O oh God, they will be saved in Jesus' name. I thank you, O God Almighty, because you would bless us, O oh God. Bless me, O oh God, and bless everyone listening. Receive the glory, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray amen i thank you so much for joining the bible study i don't want to make it this longer till i come your way next two weeks stay blessed